0: and welcome to Impact Church's podcast. We have been looking at David, King of Hearts, and this week's message is all about having hope for your family. And if there is any way we can serve you or your family, please feel free to reach out. Now, let's get right into the word. Oh, wow. I am so glad that you guys are here and you took time out of your long weekend, family day weekend, to spend it here with us. So, happy family day, by the way. I think maybe I might have a special greeting on my slide. I don't know. Oh, oh. No, that's not the greeting. Let me see one more time. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Some of you are starting to get it. Okay, no, that's not it either. Okay, okay, well, here we go. Oh, my family's favorite. <laughs> okay, these are my greeting. Can I see my greeting, please? There we go. Happy Family Day. You know, those were some just some silly jokes, and we laugh. We laugh because jokes are usually more right than we care to admit. You know, for some reason, we really like our families to look perfect in front of others. Um, I'm actually recently quite guilty of this myself. You see, I had forgotten that Greg (laughs) had a meeting arranged at the house. And really, the only way I can describe the state of our house is that we had set booby traps for burglars. (laughs) They entered the house, and there appeared to have been a struggle. (laughs) So obviously, I berated him. Uh, why are you inviting people to see what our house looks like when we're not expecting company? Isn't that what Starbucks is for? (laughs) $2 for a coffee, $4 for a clean place for a meeting? (laughs) Anyways, after some more arguing than I would like to admit on stage in front of you guys, um, my wise husband reframed the whole thing for me and we now call our house lived in. (laughs) But all joking aside, we're actually going to talk about family today. And I'm going to start by asking you a few questions. Now, just with in keeping of looking good in front of each other, I don't think you should actually answer the questions out loud. (laughs) Um, Okay, we can flip, thank you. Okay, here we go, first question. Is there anybody here you need a bit of help with your marriage? Anybody here ever blown it with your family? Do any of you feel alone or wish you had were in a family? Anybody here could use some wisdom in parenting? <laughs> Does anybody need any direction in interacting with family members? Are you praying for a family who's going through a rough time? If you've answered any of those questions in the affirmative, I have really good news. The message is just for you today. And I have even better news. There is hope for your family if you are a guest here or maybe you just haven't been paying attention we are in the middle of a sermon series David king of hearts uh, he's a guy in the Bible and you know I actually think Hollywood would have really loved David you know he was handsome charming political genius, great warrior, and yet he was like poetic and he wrote a bunch of songs. He didn't shy away from how he felt. Huh? Hollywood's guy, right? Now, when I found out that I would be sharing today, I decided to reread all 66 chapters about this David. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't really like him. Uh, his personal life, his family life, this guy, he was just a mess. And I'm not sure if we're answering questions out loud yet or not, but um, that's up to you. But who here has ever watched a soap opera? Any of my children fans? What have I got? Okay, some people are being honest, some people haven't seen one. Okay, well, this is what I have to tell you. If you did not enjoy those soap operas, you are probably not going to enjoy today's message. (laughs) Because David's life actually reads like a soap opera. Because despite all of his good qualities that I mentioned above, he was actually a really wounded guy. And he made a lot of decisions out of those wounds and ended up hurting a lot of people. He also had an eye for the ladies. Anyways, you're going to see this morning, we've got family favoritism. We've got a broken engagement. We have a forced marriage separation. We've got an affair. We've got a horrific violation that was ignored. We have a death of a child. We've got lack of discipline. We've got backstabbing. We've got it all today. So if you are wondering why in the world are we looking at this guy to talk about family? I would say you ask really good questions. I'm actually going to let Sally Lloyd-Jones, she's the author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, and I'm gonna let her answer that question for us. Here's what she says. She says, now, some people Think the Bible is a book of rules telling you what you should and shouldn't do. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. No, it is about God and what he has done. Now other people think the Bible is about a book of heroes. And the Bible does have some heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some mistakes, sometimes on purpose. They get afraid. They run away. At other times, they are just downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules. It isn't a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. And it is an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. <laughs> It's the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You'll see the best thing about this story is it's true. And there's lots of stories in the Bibles, but the stories are all telling one big story. The story of how God loves his children and he came to rescue them. Amen. So David isn't a hero for us to copy, but he is part of a larger story that points to Jesus. And that larger story will show us that there is hope for families. So like I said, I have read all 66 chapters on David, and I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to give you the tea because his life is so juicy. Well, David is not favoured by his father, like at all, and in fact, there's this rumour that hangs over his head that his dad is not really the baby daddy, and then when the time comes for Samuel, this uh, prophet, this guy who comes around, he kind of anoints and appoints who's going to be the next king, David isn't even brought out as an option, as one of Jesse's sons. In fact, he's actually a shepherd out in the field, which may not mean too much to you, but in those days, it was one of the most despised and demeaning jobs of the day. So this is the status that David had growing up. This is the start that David had to his life. And I want you to keep that in mind, you know, because he started from this wounded place. He starts in dysfunction and unhealthiness. But despite all of that, David ends up doing music, remember I told you he was a songwriter, in the king's court. And he is part of King Saul's inner circle. But King Saul is actually this wounded guy and he's being tormented. So both these two main men in David's life, um, they're unhealthy. And so David never got that external validation. He never got that encouragement. He never got that guidance. And so I would just like to say this morning, if you aren't the family favorite, there is hope for your family. If there is baby daddy drama, there is hope for your family. If there are wounds, dysfunction, unhealthiness, there is hope for your family amen okay good then there's this battle with the philistines and a giant named goliath and david he finds himself right in the battle camp and he believes hey i think i can fight and win against goliath but you know what neither his dad nor any of his brothers nor saul none of them had any belief in what David was capable of. And as you're reading, you'll see David's brothers, their opinion of him was actually quite small. It must have been really hurtful. His family just never saw his true potential. Uh, And they actually had ideas about his character that were completely and totally off base. But David did not let those opinions define him if you go back to pastor cheryl's message you'll see how an understanding of covenant and that spirit of faith allowed him to see and get a great victory so anyways people started celebrating david's victory yay saul is great but david he's the goat and so like i told you saul was wounded and he only saw the comparisons and it turned right over into jealousy and then it turned a real sharp corner and went straight into attempted murder. (laughs) So, I'm not even kidding. If your family doesn't believe in you, there is hope for your family. If you don't feel seen by them, there is hope your family if there are comparisons and jealousy there is hope for your family well king saul he stabilized for a little bit and um he decided to offer david his daughter in marriage the, his oldest daughter merib I don't, I don't know if David loved her or not. I don't know if she loved David, but Saul reneged on that, gave her away to someone else to be married. Okay. Then uh, Michael, Saul's other daughter, she did love David. And so Saul said, okay, I'm going to set a, ha- a price for marriage. You can have her. David pays the price. Now, I don't know, was it a love marriage, was it a political decision that he decided to do that? I I don't know. Um, But I think they got to start their lives together, but then King Saul also gave her away to someone else as well. Much later on, much, much later on, David makes a deal to get Michal back. Uh, And she gets taken from her husband. Her husband really does love her, and so it's a mess. And again, don't know if this was a political decision or if he was like, I love you, I miss you, I want you back, don't know. But I would like to say, if you have a broken engagement, there is hope for your family. If you have a broken marriage, your fault, their fault, someone else's fault, there is hope for your family. Well, David comes across this really smart girl married. Uh, Her name is Abigail. And man, David gets a kick out of her. She really gives him a run for his money and how she handles this tough situation. And sure enough, her husband conveniently dies. Um, The writers swear David had nothing to do with it. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, So David swoops in and he marries her. And then David marries a few more ladies. This was the thing to do back then. The more wives and the more children you have, the more political prestige you have. Anyways, I just want to say, if you got married for the wrong reasons, there is hope for your family. This this gets better yet, guys. David is king by now. And his wandering eye gets him. and another family in a really awful situation. He wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there, and he gets another man's wife pregnant. Ooh, I expected some oohs. Oh. (sighs) But instead of owning up, he gets the husband murdered, and he takes Bathsheba in as his wife still doesn't take ownership for it until a really trusted friend, advisor, and a good Christian comes and reframes the whole situation for him. I mean, you can read Psalm 51. I think it's legit. I think he genuinely was sorry and remorseful for his actions. But unfortunately, guys, uh the baby they had didn't make it. And they later ended up having another son, and his name is Solomon. So I would like to very clearly say, if you are the one who made mistakes and are responsible for the hurt in your family, there is hope for your family. And when you have experienced a great tragedy, there is hope for your family. Well, David's kids grow up and there is a whole entire violation of his daughter Tamar by a brother and you know David heard about what happened and he was angry about it but the son was his favorite and he decided not to deal with it he decided not to punish him so one of the other brothers Absalom got involved and he decided to kill the offender. And Tamar, the victim, had no voice in the situation. And she would have lived out the rest of her life not knowing, but now her story is forever told. And I want to say, if there has been abuse, there is hope for your family. So after this, Absalom, the son who took matters into his own hands, he decided to intentionally and systematically usurp his, his, the king, his father David. And it ends with David and his army fleeing and, you know, a whole bunch of political drama, a chasing of David, but during pursuit, Absalom actually died. And so, David, he, he was so devastated that his son died. Uh, he had to be careful, though, because his army was like, wait a minute, that was the enemy. <laughs> we, we went to battle for you, we lost people for you. Uh, d- don't be crying too many tears. It was really sticky. And then, David died. He died in a good old age, full of days, riches, honor and he fully provided and set up Solomon to take over his heir and the next king, the son he had had with Bathsheba. But I would like to say, when there is scandal, there is hope for your family. When there is betrayal, there is hope for your family. Now, you may be asking, Jeeb. I didn't see a lot of happy endings here. (laughs) Are you sure there's hope for my family? (laughs) To which I say, you keep asking really good questions. (laughs) Now I want you to remember, the Bible is not a book of heroes for us to copy. There is something else that happens in David's life that you should know about. A promise was made to him. David didn't ask for it. The promise came to him, and here's the promise. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. When your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to secede you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never take my love from him. Sorry. (laughs) And I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. And you know, with a really flat reading of these verses, it, it just sounds like David passes away. Solomon will build a great temple for God. He'll be favored. He'll be remembered forever, happily ever after. But remember, the Bible is actually telling one big story. The story of God's love for his children and how he came to rescue them. Remember, David is part of the larger story. So here is what I suggest this promise means. David did have a son secede him. And through that bloodline all the way down came Jesus. And all through the New Testament, you see Jesus called son of David. And it is because Jesus is who these verses are talking about. Jesus will establish, has established a kingdom Forever. And the other beautiful thing I see in this promise is I will be his father, and he will be my son. It doesn't mean too much right now, but in those ancient Near East times, that was actually the language of adoption. And so what these verses actually imply is that we have been adopted into the beautiful, perfect, unbroken relationship between father and son through the Holy Spirit. We are part of God's family. We are part of God's family. And we are not part of God's family because of ourselves, but fully because of God. Ten times, you'll see it in red, ten times I see these verses say that this is something that God does. Um, I have a red Bible at home with lots of notes, and they say in the original language that it actually stresses that this is divine loyalty to such a point that it doesn't even matter the loyalty of the Son, that this was going to happen. So like we read earlier, this is about God and what he has done. And what he has done is brought us into a family forever, So God took David's wreck of a family, and he promised to forever establish them into the kingdom of God and the line with which the great rescuer Jesus came. And this is a promise for us also. We too have been engrafted into the family of God. And where David had to look forward to the promise, we get to look back on the promise. Where David had to anticipate something, we just simply have to remember it. You too, me too, we are officially and forever part of God's family. So... If you are not the family favorite, there is hope. You are part of God's family, and you are his favorite. I encourage you, look back to last week's sermon and learn how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. If you are lonely for family, there is hope. You are part of God's family and you have never lived an unloved moment in your life. Go back to the beginning of this series and see how God is looking for lovers. If you have undealt with wounds, dysfunction, or unhealthiness, there is hope you are part of god's family and he functions in the most healthy way and you can walk with him work with him and watch how he does it go back to a heart of resilience and hear how to heal your heart if your family doesn't believe in you and you don't feel seen by them if there's jealousy comparison there is hope. You are part of God's family and he believes in you and he is always with you. So submerge yourself in the message that God looks on the heart and David the giant slayer. If you had a marriage or, or an engagement go sideways, there is hope. You are part of God's family and there is only perfect union there. Put on a heart of resilience or a heart of patience and put that on repeat. And if you are the one who has made a mistake or you are responsible for the hurt in your family, there is hope. You are part of God's family, and he offers unlimited forgiveness and complete access to his presence. Keep listening to a heart of worship. Keep listening to that one. If you have experienced great tragedy or abuse, there is hope for your family. You are part of God's family, and His grace reaches further than your pain. He will not leave you where you are. He will bring you to a safe place of healing. So can the past two messages. There is hope. There is hope for your family. And there is hope for your family because you are part of God's family. And he is with you. He has fully equipped you. And God is in it for the long haul. And he will never give up on you. He will never give up on your family. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. For a thousand generations, he is for you. He is always faithful. Always. And when you fail, God is faithful. When others fail, God is faithful. And he will meet you where you are, even if it is not where you plan to be. Even if it is not where you want to be, he is faithful. There is hope. There is hope for your family. I'm actually going to close now, but I'm going to ask the prayer teams to step forward and if you want prayer for your family or another family that you really care about you can come right after i pray and we're going to pray and believe with you okay and if you don't know for sure that you are part of god's family then i want to give you that opportunity right now i'll just ask for everyone just give a moment of privacy Um, What I can do is I can have someone come and answer any questions you may have about the family of God. So I'm going to actually, if you want that, I'm going to let you raise your hand on the count of three. One, you are part of God's family. Two, he is the one that brought you into the family. Three, it is forever settled. If you want to be part of God's family, please raise your hand now. All over this room, you can raise your hand. Yep, thank you. Good. Wow. Well, I'm going to pray. If you are a guest, I'm going to invite you to join us in the Next Steps room right over there for 15 minutes for snack and a little intro. You'll love it. Uh, But right now, I'm going to pray. Are you guys ready to pray with me? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, that there is hope for families Thank you that you place the lonely in families. Thank you that you heal parent child relationships. Thank you that you heal marriages. Thank you that if we messed up, you can forgive and help us. Thank you that you heal wounds. But I ask right now for every single family represented here to experience the depths of your love and for them to fully understand what it means to be part of your family. In Jesus' name, and we all say